Good afternoon to all listeners of the NDC Heartbeat Programme in the trial and state of Grenada, which includes Caracol and Pity Martinique and indeed all our dependencies. Good afternoon also to individuals listening throughout the region and internationally. Our programme time today is from 12 through 1. Today I'm pleased to be your host and my name is Terry Forrester. For today's programme we will feature a visit led by the acting political leader of the NDC, Mr Adrian Persuader Thomas, and he was joined by Mr Philip Alexander, Joseph Handel and Randall Robinson, who all visited the constituencies of St John and St Patrick West on Saturday. This visit entailed meeting with residents in Gwarf St John, who suffered the effects of this very large boulder which was dislodged from its sitting place and severely damaged a house in the community. They later journeyed on to St. Patrick West to meet with residents who continue to suffer from this breakwater project. We will also feature as a public service a rebroadcast of two presentations delivered by the presidents of the Public Workers' Union, and the Grenada Union of Teachers, respectfully. We will also have a statement on these said presentations coming from Mr. Ray Roberts of the NDC, who is a trade unionist himself and a former member of the Senate. As we come to the close of the program, we will feature excerpts of statements made both by Mr. Philip Alexander and Ms. Claudette Joseph on the Grand Lake debacle. Stay tuned. Much more coming up. Everything has changed nowadays Funny how we can't even play no more It was only yesterday when we party every day Now it's blood on the dance floor All because of the virus But it can't kill the power inside us To stand together and defeat Corona One day Here now are excerpts from the tour to Gove in St. John and St. Patrick West by the NDC team, led by Mr. Adrian Persuader Thomas. The experience I, I heard about is the dismantling of that house because of a stone came down and that shattered is, the house. That's this house this that house we here. right that we took and looking killed, at it. Killed three people from inside out there. Whoa. Three people same st- same stone story. Same, yeah, same stone story. They're there, you know, them stones there. Right, they yes. Above them and I can't think. But all, all the, maybe all the holes were, you see all the rem, remnants of the holes? Right, yes, yeah, before. Yeah. And and so they were buried in this area yeah, here. Yeah. Right. And then, where this house get, this wooden house here, you see where the van yes. tag there? Uh-huh. You know the house on top there? Right. Before they built a house there, one came down right through. Uh-huh. And there was an old man in a house there, but he passed through the, the hall where the man was in the bedroom, so he had to run with that man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the man to run with him. Whoa. Because he take, he take out, I don't know where his phone is, where they're doing it. He take out, he come through the hall. Mm-hmm. But because they, they give him a large gym and thing, but right. so he didn't take him in the, in the bedroom. And looking, nobody was in that one too. Two? Yeah. 
Yeah. So this is a regular occurrence around here. Well, I mean, when I say that, it has happened in the past. Yeah, you always look at one by that house there. You don't think the house wasn't there yet. That house in, the, in that photo. Right, wrong the corner down. So, uh -huh. Yeah, trees come down. All kind of stuff. If I was in the river, they drum down there again right now. They're always coming down. Ah. So here is a real hazardous area yeah, when it comes to them stores. To go up there. Yeah. You have to pass on the top, you pass below it and right. you have to go soon because you can't tell what could happen while you're going. Wow. Listen to me. In the ridge there. Mm -hmm. When we small, we're gonna pass thinking to him. What he's thinking to, right? Right, yeah. Grow, grow. Mm -hmm. Little mango. You like climb from the river. Right. How much feet away and mm -hmm. you know, you have that gradient. You right. Have this. Wow. You had Barcel, you know, I Barcel now, right? Yeah. Yeah, and all kind of thing there. That's how we used to enjoy with building with Barcel. Okay. But stones always coming down there. Yes, yeah, so not coming down there. Halfway, all kind of thing. I'm not quite good because they're too small. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right, well, thank you very oh, much so for the little bit of history. Where do you want to come down and um, uh -huh. do you go up so too? Yeah, walking up. Where, where do you want to come down and take the, the everything the man? Yeah. You have a big house up. Above this vehicle, right? Yes, man. yeah, he wasn't there yet, and they had a big support tree and thing, right? Right, and when that sun came down the night, mm -hmm. like the old man was in the house, yeah, he was in the, in the in the bedroom, bedroom, yeah, he, he passed through the hall <laughs> and he jumped down already, chopped there, some kind of thing, yeah, that's the usual thing. I don't have a soon, what I Wow, you know, man, they call specs, he died, culture mm -hmm. with. Yeah. Yes. Wow. We had to take my turn and bring him back up until they get up and put him up on the central and above the convent and mm -hmm. then he died. Wow. So this thing now. Yes. This, this thing comes away. So we don't understand how we reach over here. Well, um, I was in the bedroom getting ready to go to war. And I heard a really loud explosion. And I thought. Um, a piece of wall fell from the new building. So I was like, you know the house of finished build? How come the wall fall? That was the first thought. And then I felt like an earthquake. Really heavy earthquake. So I looked out while I changed the because I just moved the curtain. And I realized nothing had happened to that house. But the house at the top looked funny. So I was like, okay. So I came out. And I stand from the bedroom, but I couldn't really see. So when I come a little closer, I realized it's torn on our house. And I was like, okay, just like that. And where I noticed it was, I know it's that bedroom. So I rushed back inside. And when I got there, I see that the wall fall and all of that. The glass, the window glass all over the floor. And I was like, whoa, just calm and water everywhere the pressure that the stone came with of the plumbing inside the wall so instantly we had a lot of water then i called my partner and asked him where the lock up is and rushed back out lock up the water rush back in pick up the main street and that was it and by the time i do that the amount of people i saw here with a whole lot of emotion and feelings and when I came out, they were like, you were here? I said, yes. And they find like, so they asked me if I knew what happened. I said, yes. But they still couldn't believe that I'm just like ordinary. So I don't really have like a panic feeling or any feeling like maybe what people.
never expect our other person would have felt. I guess we first talk with this holy composure right through what had happened. That is my end of what really what we have. And it was I alone. My children had their grandma, so they weren't here. And the father went to work. Well, I, I mean, really and truly, it has to be divine intervention. There, there was nobody in the first house. Um, there was nobody on the road in particular because it, it reminds me of as what happened in Cotabelli a couple of years in 1991 when this stone came down and it, it crushed um, nine people in a, in, a, in a vehicle. The impact I'm, I'm, I'm seeing there. The stone fell in the middle of the road, and if any vehicle was coming up there, that would have been another disaster. Um, we, ha as, a, as a nation, as a nation, we have to take this land use policy serious. We must have areas in Grenada. We must have areas in Grenada where we we have to declare high risk. Um, areas like what I'm seeing here, you cannot, people cannot build houses there. And just like how we treat, we are we are treating the people in Marquis and Subis where um, building house by, on the seafront is becoming very disastrous. We have to um, consider people building houses on the western side where there are a lot big boulders hanging above them. We have to do something about it as a state. Um, I really hope that the Ministry of Works will attend to this matter quite quickly. I know that they may, they may have to mobilize resources and so on, but the 24 hours is maybe too long for this house, for, for this stone to be, this boulder to still be there. What's your well, I'm, I'm just here to empathize with the, with the family and, uh, and go to the both of the houses and I hope that I will, I will meet them and have a discussion with them and see how, if, if there's any way the National Democratic Congress can help, we'll be willing to, uh, by whatever means necessary. You're welcome. On the ninth day of January 2021, standing in front of this side, we are in this. Because today you are seeing with a mere 10 to 12 feet between the road and the coastline as it stands. That will significantly affect the access to the hilly area home. You imagine what will happen in a year's time if someone in the hilly area home is possibly going to get sick. Where? Where will the ambulance get to them? Appreciating what is happening here in terms of this access road. Will the ambulance go all the way around to Shu Shantimel, through Davi, and come back to get somebody from here? Understanding and appreciating that on the other end, coming from the Davi Shantimel side, is a broken bridge that is about to give way at this time. That is what we are facing today. Both my words on the 9th day of January 2021. This is happening in Korea. With no sense from the government, no sense from the MP for the area to make representation. A petition of over 200 residents was signed recently to have a meeting with the MP for the area. After many efforts and discussions were held, nothing has transpired from that. That is the reality that we face. This is this is really not a, a natural disaster. This is this is a man-made disaster. And I, I really wish and, and hope that the government will act a little more mature and, and, and a little more show a little more urgency in dealing with the matter. I think the people in, in, 
St. Patrick, they are crying out and they need to hear from the government a little more. They need to, to know exactly how much more of this they can take because for the last two or three years, um, based on the information that I have gathered from the people in the community, they have lost as much as 12, 12 feet uh, or more, 12 to 20 feet of, of land in some areas. And um, they, are, they are anticipating that in the next two or three years, they will lose another 25 feet. Um, they do not have that kind of land um, before they made the road, the main road, that will take people from the um, Hilarian home. And I, I, I think that the government needs to pay some more, more, more attention. They need to um, come and, and address the issue. And at least um, meet, sit down and discuss the issue with the people so at least they can have some confidence in regards to how, how that, that matter is being treated. It is a project that they, they have not completed as yet. Um, the people in the community, they are saying that if the project has been completed, it will create more disaster. In other words, you're trying to save one end and you're creating a disaster on the other end. So this, this in itself is not good for the people in St. Patrick. Yeah, this is a very unfortunate situation, but it was one that was easily foreseeable. Given the fact that that three-quarter project was rushed into, for political mileage. Everyone recognizes that there was need for some form of protection to what we call the Lowtown area of Sates. However, a project of such magnitude needed to be properly planned and prepared for. There needed to be a proper environmental and social impact assessment done before project implementation. None of that was done, and instead the political route of blaming NDC for supposedly not wanting anything good for Sates was chosen. They rushed into that project just prior to the 2018 election for the sake of making cheap mileage. And in the process, they managed to save a couple of buildings in Sates, such as the Lal Singh supermarket and the one or two other buildings in that lower part of the town. But then the people of Mount Craven, Mount Rodney, and hopefully not Darby later on, are being asked to pay the price for the recklessness of the NNP regime. They are trying to put the blame on climate change. Folks, everyone knows that at certain points in the year, the sea comes up, becomes rough, pushes some sand up, but then later on it reclaims the sand. This is an area where I used to come as a young boy with my friends after playing football in four to romp all over the beach. We would walk out several meters of sand before coming to the water. Just as recent as 2017, the same thing obtained. However, upon completion of so-called breakwater, all hell broke loose and descended on this section of the coastline. So what we need to do and what as a party we are going to do when given the opportunity is to ensure that we engage people with the proper technical expertise to assess the damage and to come up with a feasible plan for reversing as much of the damage as possible. We have to ensure that the lives and the livelihoods of the people in these communities are respected and protected. I feel it particularly for the people of Mount Alexander, Derby, 
and prospect who are in the precarious position of being placed between this man-made disaster and another one on the St. Mark's St. Patrick border with what we call the Chapel Bridge being a temporary bridge that has been in place now for probably about eight years and although the rebuilding of the road from that Duquesne or Chapel Bridge all the way up to the bus terminal in Satez was approved in the latter days of the NDC administration what we see happening is that upon winning the election in 2013 the NNP scuttled that project for which funding had already been obtained they scuttled the project and to date nothing has been done if you drive through Darby and Prospect now you are putting your life in your hands because what is left of the road is in a terrible condition. It is potholes, it is broken road. If you walk just a little bit off the road there, there is a couple of um, guest houses, one called Almost Paradise. Well, someone would believe that you're playing a cruel joke when they see the road that you have to walk to get to Almost Paradise. So we understand, we recognize that this situation is an untenable one. The people who are taxpayers, who are citizens, deserve better. And in the meantime, we're calling on the two MPs for St. Patrick's, Pamela Moses and Anthony Boson, to ensure that the election pledges of wanting to see this project brought to a completion, that those pledges be honored. We have to get past the days of bamboozling and tomfooling the people with all kinds of fancy promises just to secure their votes. And once you get the vote, you turn your back, you forget about them, and you believe that you, you are going to continue to catch the people with the same trick every five years. Broken promises, outright lies, and mamagism, and then you come with two sheets of plywood, with two vouchers, with two fortnights on the road, a few dollars wrapped up in jerseys and you think that you have it locked and sewn up tight. But the people are awakening, people are wising up to what is happening. The people are recognizing that those guys care nothing about people's lives or livelihoods. And so we are rallying with the people, we are touching base with the people, we are helping to shed light on the calamity that has befallen the people of these communities and we are going to be standing with the people until Justice is done on their behalf. Here now is Ms. Rachel Roberts, President of the Public Workers Union, as she delivered a presentation. An announcement from the Grenada Public Workers Union. 4% salary and wage increases 2021. Grenada Public Workers Union extends warm wishes to all members public officers and workers for a happy, healthy, safe and prosperous 2021. As we embrace 2021, we do so with great hope and anticipation for improvement in respecting and honoring the rights of workers. We reflect on the many challenges faced in 2020 some we will not easily overcome 
because we know that COVID-19 will not simply vanish tomorrow, but there is hope. As we start our 2021 journey, we shall be vigilant. We shall not let our guards down. Grenada Public Workers Union will continue to seek your best interests and we will do so with vigor, transparency and integrity. We recognize that our employer does not appear to be always truthful to us and recent actions suggest that they are not as cash-strapped as they want us to believe. Members and workers, please note that on Thursday, December 31st, 2020, Grenada Public Workers Union, along with the Grenada Technical and Allied Workers Union, met with officials of the government negotiating team, who informed GPWU and GTAU that government had reconsidered their proposal that requested unions to forego 4% salary increases for 2021 and was now asking unions to defer salary increases of 4% for 2021. In the interest of safeguarding and securing the lawful salary increases and employment rights of members and workers, the GPWU and GTAU informed the GNT that GPWU and GTAU will only defer wage increases of 4% for 2021 up to June 30th, 2021. And it must be with 0.5% interest for each month deferred. This sum of money must be paid retroactively on July 2021 payday. Dock salaries of workers due to strike action during September to December 2017 must be repaid in full on or before January 31st, 2021 to all workers so affected. All workers who fit the definition of Section 29.5 of the Employment Act 14 of 1999 must be regularized and made permanent through the Public Service Commission by April 1st, 2021. If this agreement is not signed before January 31st, January 15th, sorry, 2021, workers must receive the 2021 4% salary increases with January 2021 wages and salaries. There shall be no deferral of 2021 4% increases. Further, if workers are not made permanent on or before April 1st, 2021, deferral of 2021 increases becomes null 
and void and increases and retroactive pay due from January 1st 2021 becomes payable with April 2021 wages and salaries. Members, the GPW believes that we must protect your interests. And this is especially critical as our healthcare members are putting their lives at risk in the heart of the COVID-19 battle. We pray that they will be provided with the necessary PPEs to keep them safe. We hope no other member fall victim to this deadly virus. GPWU will continue to work diligently to obtain agreement on a proposal put forward to government to safeguard all our healthcare members and their families in this critical time. We continue to ask all our members and workers, wherever they may be, to please stay safe and follow all the relevant protocols. Please wear your mask. We implore our frontline members at our ports of entry, revenue offices, those directly serving in the public, in ministries, departments, and the statutory bodies to please be vigilant. We continue to call on our employers to please secure the working environment to keep our members and workers and the general public safe. We wish everyone a successful 2021 as we continue to put God first because through him all things become possible. Solidarity forever. In unity, success is assured. All public officers must be treated with respect and dignity. All public officers matter. We are all VIPs. Here now is Mr. Marvin Andel, President of the Grenada Union of Teachers, as he delivered his presentation. The executive of the GOT extends best wishes to all our members and the nation as a whole for a productive and a prosperous 2021. 2020 was certainly a challenging year for all of us, but with your unwavering support, we were able to safely navigate. We wish to inform you that on the 31st December 2020, earliest day, a government team led by the Honorable Oliver Joseph met with members of our executive to have a discussion on the 4% salary increase that is due at the end of January 2021. The government's team again requested a deferral of the 4% increase in January. The GUT's team indicated that the mandate given by our members is that there should be no deferral. The GUT's leadership is of the view that a government that can pull 60 million US dollars from under the mattress 
ought not to be seeking a deferral of a mere 4% salary increase. A teacher who is working for $1,500 with the 4% increase will receive $60 more. Yes, only $60. Will it be fair to ask that teacher to wait for that increase? The duties team clearly indicated to the government's team that it is expecting every teacher to receive the 4% increase in their salary at the end of January 2021. On another matter, the GOT congratulates Commissioner Edwin Martin on his confirmation in his present post. The GOT yearns for the opportunity to extend similar congratulations to some of our principals who have been acting in their positions for many years before the Commissioner and are yet to be appointed. It is only in Hollywood that people are expected to act for so long. Additionally, we have hundreds of teachers who have been permanently temporary. 2021 will be the year when, in one way or another, this matter must be addressed. Fellow educators, there is an ongoing effort to remove some of the benefits that we have gained over the years. There is a concerted effort made to reduce the opportunity for teachers' professional advancement. There is also a reluctance to remunerate teachers for the upgrade in qualifications. Decisive action must be taken in this regard, and your support will be required. We wish you a safe and a prosperous 2021. Here now is Mr. Ray Roberts as he comments on the concerns expressed by the two trade union presidents. Terry, it is actually in difficult to see how the government at this stage could be asking the unions to forego the 4% that was negotiated and agreed upon in light of the government being able to find 63 million US, the number again, 63 million US, as compared to a couple million to pay teachers and public officers and police a 4% increase. I could understand the government saying that the COVID has impacted its ability to collect revenue, and that is visible. But in the light of that 63 million, it begs the question, if you can find $63 million, it is kind of almost virtually impossible for the same workers, and many of them scrunting workers, who are looking forward to that 4% increase. And keep in mind, just over two years ago, the same government took, made a deduction from the workers' pay after they protested for the constitutional documented pension to be reinstated. In fact, the government had agreed to, to, to reintroduce that constitutional pension just a week or so before the elections of 2018. The Prime Minister engaged the workers, the unions, and made that pronouncement. So in the light of all of that, I think the best way out Although I can appreciate the fact that the government is saying it is challenged, it has to recognize that it has created a monster that it really cannot just tame like that.
So I would really believe the government should do its utmost to find that per 4% and pay the workers that salary increase. It will be difficult, but I think what is necessary at this stage for the government is to show good faith and hopefully from here on build a good working relations. Terry, you can't be treating people in a manner of complete disrespect, disregard. Two years ago, your enablers have encouraged it. And now when it's most convenient for your government, you are looking to the same people that you discarded uh, two years ago. In fact, you created laughter and disrespect. And now you're telling the same people, the state is in crisis, so you have to forego this increase that you agreed to and make sacrifices. We have to keep in mind, the same unions joined government in 2013. So there is not an unwillingness on the part of workers. The unions over the years have demonstrated a tendency to work with government. And they have worked with this government repeatedly. This was the government that removed personal income tax against the good advice of even the same trade union. And then reintroduced it. And the workers went along with the government. So you're talking about a group of people, a, a union, a group of unions that have over the years cooperated and respected government. It is the government that has been totally out, um, downright disrespectful to, to the workers. That's why we are at this crisis where you're asking them to forego income and um, you are at the same time buying a company worth 63 million US that you didn't have to to force yourself to purchase at this time. I mean, I am one of those who strongly believe anything in government hand, obviously in these little islands like Grenada, you're gonna get chaos. So I am one of those who really and truly not too sure that anything in government hand is properly managed. Politicians have a way of doing things that, and particularly this government, this government has given politicians a very bad name. They have been selfish. They have been very much um, their own worshippers of, of, of their own deed. So I would say again to the Prime Minister that your, base, your best way out is to try to find that money and re begin to reestablish that good working relationship that workers, employers and government have had through a tripartite movement for many, many years. Um, we are seeing now that uh, at the airport some 18, 20 workers are being sent home and the workers again are claiming that they only given two days notice. Again, whether we like it or not, it is a statutory body, but it is under government influence. Again, it demonstrates the set of respect government treats workers with. I mean, quite clearly, you, you could have done something to inform the workers in advance. Remember, these people have mortgages to pay, they have children to send to school, they have grandparents to help they have themselves to maintain. So again, the government is having a good time and the government seems to only care about people when an election comes around. And that is not what's going to build Grenada. Grenada need the tripartite movement to work hand in hand. Um, in any scenario like what we have now, the COVID um, certainly taking effect on all strata of the society. Clearly, we need to find a way to move together. But you cannot create 
the set of monster that you have created when you certainly felt you win 15 seats and you are on the undisputed king so you can do as as you wish this grenada is a grenada for everybody and being the elected government does not mean that you disrespect the minority or you disrespect any sector of society yes we all will have times when you wouldn't agree but you cannot have the government leading the way in disrespecting workers and when it's convenient to them you then come to them and you force something down their throat i would hope that the government find the money and make good and pay the workers and seriously sit down and engage and admit look we have done some things that in hindsight we can see we made we 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 hurt you but from here on let us find an amicable way as they did in 2013. i was this general secretary i could talk because i sat in the meetings i was part of the social partners i didn't miss a meeting the records will show myself and sister madonna Harford. we showed up representing workers we came back workers didn't agree with some of the things but we pleaded with them and somehow they subsided their argument and and certainly found a way to see well look maybe it's in the best interest of grenada this government again has destroyed that goodwill and instead replace it with um with i would say um, um harsh rhetoric and in some cases total disrespect here now are excerpts of statements made by ndc representatives on the grand lake issue by claudette joseph and philip alexander we have been observing over the last few days since about Christmas Eve, when WRB shared with the public that it had sold its stake in Brenlec to the government of Grenada in keeping with the judgment of the ICSID tribunal relating to the dispute that transpired after government um, broke the share purchase agreement with WRB and passed the Electricity Supply Act 2016 without approval or consultation with WRB. And so we are here today to speak to you, the Grenadian people, in relation to that issue and the matters that have transpired so far. We had, firstly, the government of Grenada issuing a release on the 29th of December, five days after, five days and two releases after WRB first spoke to the people of Grenada in their releases. And then on the 30th, um, Johnson, could you mute your mic? And then, uh, members of the media, could you mute your mic until you are ready to speak? Thank you. And then we had the Minister of Finance and the Minister in the Ministry of Finance, Minister Oliver Joseph, responsible for economic development hosting a press conference. Now, what we see happening is that it appears that 
government really did not intend to share with the public the developments and WRB's releases and the public response forced the government to speak. It, I say that because up to today, we do not get the sense that the government is being completely honest with us on a number of issues. First of all, we are here because of a personal vendetta held by Gregory Boeing and Dr. Mitchell, but principally Gregory Boeing, who I think by now most of you know has had a, a tumultuous relationship with the company in the past, which ended with him being dismissed according to reports from the company in the 1990s. And as a result of that, he's never let go of that vendetta. And that vendetta was manifested by a prolonged and unreasonable aggression towards this investor who proved over the years to be a good corporate citizen and a challenge to the agreement reached in 1994, the share purchase agreement reached between WRB and government of Grenada in 1994, which despite all of the, the criticisms and complaints that the NNP has had over the years of that agreement, they failed to improve on the agreement when they had the opportunity backed by parliamentary approval to do so between 1996 and 1998. So that the first point I want to raise with the people of Grenada or to highlight is that the agreement that has been the subject or was the subject of so much criticism by this current administration over the years was in fact brought into being on October 1st, 1998 by an act of parliament, a parliament that was headed by Dr. Mitchell and controlled by the NNP. That is after they had tried for three and a half years to, to renegotiate the agreement in accordance with the parliamentary approval they got on 4th February, 1997 and failed to renegotiate a better deal. So while it is styled as a NDC deal, it is not entirely so because it was passed in the parliament headed by Dr. Mitchell after they had re-examined the agreement having won the 95 elections and attempted to renegotiate. So that's, that's the first point I want to make. The second point is this, one of the main reasons given today for government breaking that arrangement with WRB is that over the years, WRB has failed or failed rather to pursue renewable and alternative sources of energy. Now, this points directly to a serious crisis 
and even lack of leadership on the part of the NNP whenever they were in government since the signing of the agreement. Because we had the signing of the agreement, we had the coming into force of the agreement in 1998. NNP remained in office up until 2008 and made no progress in terms of establishing a clear policy towards attaining renewable sources of energy or taking Grenada in that direction. Because as far as the NDC is concerned, it is not the responsibility of Brenlick, a private company, to direct and to take the country in a particular direction, in this case, towards renewable sources of energy. No effort was made, and that was found by the tribunal, no effort or no serious effort was made by the, N by the NNP administration once in office to adopt policy and to enact laws that will see Grenada going in the direction of the renewable sources of energy. Now, the NDC, we have no objection whatsoever. And in, in fact, we encourage that this is the, the direction that should be pursued. When the NDC came into office in 2008, it immediately set about establishing policies that would take Grenada away from reliance on fossil fuel and towards a cleaner energy supply and source. And all of that was done without friction and without acrimony towards Grenlick. And in, in that whole engagement, there was absolutely at no time any threat of Grenlick demanding a repurchase of the shares um, because they saw anything that the, the NDC administration did or was about to do being a breach of the contract because what the share purchase agreement provided for was that any change in policy, any change in the contract itself was to be done in consultation with and with the cooperation and consent of Renlick. And that is all any government in office was required to do. It is not sitting with the National Democratic Congress. And certain with people of Grenada. Could it be that government just wants to make sure that all its ducks are in a row, all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted before I tell the public this is what is happening? Excellent. And that is, I appreciate that. That may be the case, but at least you, you could, one thing you should be able to do is to say to the people of Grenada, this is what is happening. We are lining up the ducks. The situation is X, Y, Z, and we are lining up the docks. You mean that we don't even deserve that, Dawson? Answer that to yourself. I mean, you, you, you really think that the people of Grenada don't deserve to be told not even that which you have just said, that the docks are being lined up? You remember we just, I just indicated, you know, we had the budget. Remember, what I, the figures I'm hearing in excess of 60 million 
and that is for the shares of WRB and its associates. That is kind of money that man building international airport with, you know. 62, almost $200 million, you know. That is the kind of money that people spend that changes lives in a country forever. This is the young people of Grenada whose lives are being indebted here now. So we must recognize that the people of Grenada at least could and ought to be told what the situation is. At the moment, we are left in the dark in what is our business. You can't have holding interest from me and not being able to tell me something. And that is where the lines are drawn. And that is why I ask the people of Grenada, let us ask questions of our MPs. Let us ask questions of our government. What, what, what is the position? Tell us. We are all big people. We are all capable of thinking for ourselves. And we need to know. We have a right to know. The Constitution guarantees that. Remember, you have other Grenadians who own shares in this very company. What are their position in this? You have employees of that very company and their families who are dependent on the income. What is their position in this? You mean that there is no regard for the people of Greater enough in your mind that you don't need to tell us anything? People of Grenada, wake up. Wake up. Well, first of all, we are not in a position to say, and that is part of the questions that we are asking. Correct. Mm -hmm. Tell us where this money is coming from. After all, you have just presented the national budget. You have that obligation to lay before the people of Grenada and the parliament of our country that the information, so that you have a responsibility. And to leave us out of this discussion and to not letting us know, I, I can't speak for the government. So I would suggest in, 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 in the good rule that GBN and all other media houses play in our country. After all, you're the fifth estate. You, you have a responsibility to help the people of Grenada to find that out. There is an opposition leader and matters of this nature are to be discussed in the parliament of our country. And we owe it to the people of Grenada to tell them. So like you, I would wish that your source, your, 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 your employers, the media fraternity, MWAG, and, 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 and the entire media crew, Let, let's hear from you. Let, let's hear you asking these important questions, that questions that the National Democratic Congress keep asking, and we're not getting answers. So we want you to help us in these circumstances. I can confidently say it's not for a lack of trying that we haven't been able to get the information. We've been trying. But and same here. The National Democratic Congress has been trying. So it is with utter disrespect and disregard and contempt that the government of Grenada, led by Dr. Mitchell, is holding us. Unless if you don't want to call it that way. Somebody needs to be saying that, that this is total disregard for the people of Grenada in our own business. How could we be sitting here 
not having information, urging, pleading, begging you, the government of Grenada, led by Dr. Mitchell, for this information, and you find it no, not a word, not a word to us. We don't deserve better than this. We don't deserve better. After all, you are representing our interests. You're the custodian of state. You owe it to the people of Grenada. And that is, that is a real challenge. It, it burns my inside. It burns the people of Grenada belly when, when these things are done. And that is, that is fundamental. I, I, I mean, I would use other words in other circumstances to describe this. But I find this utterly disrespectful and disparaging of me and the people of Grenada as a citizen of this country. I really find that disparaging. I mean, now we're stuck in the other details that we, so, so we, we are making that conclusion that the, the very persons to whom the world's report spoke so widely about and urging that that type of behavior does not continue, never again in the governance of our country, is hook, line, and sinker in the middle of the thing. The, the, the very person who was the manager is now the line minister. The person who was then the line minister is now the prime minister in this matter. It therefore speaks to a deeper sense as to where what has changed over 26 years ago. What, what are you saying to the young people of our country? You are the same people, and you put us right back into that same pile of thing. Right back there. You, 26 years ago, you are the helm. Today, you are still at the helm. You imagine the amount of persons who were born after the la in the last 30 years, who knows nothing else, who does not even recall and never had any inclination, many of the young people of this country, of the kind of load-shedding challenges, the, the blackouts that we had 25, 30, 35 years ago, what we have changed Greenleck and what Greenleck has become, a first-class international reputed company giving us high-quality service, ensuring the energy security, the electrical security of our country, and we're going right back there. It's almost deja vu. We're right back there again. Remember, if what we are reading from the various... We now have control and shares. We now have more than 50% shares, the government of Grenada. I don't know if it has been transferred. I don't know what is the, the basis of it. So what are we doing with the shares? What are we going to do with them? And of course, we have them now in the government of Grenada hands. So we will urge the current minister and the present prime minister to do what is honorable and get out of this soonest. So we need to be giving opportunities to our young people to say to them, you must now become shareholders, not the government of Grenada, because you yourself acknowledge 
the government is not most efficient at running these matters? Are you giving us opportunities? Are you calling on the people in the diaspora to say, this is an opportunity for you to invest in our country because we now have 70% of the shares? Are you giving us that opportunity? Not a word out of us. Are you telling us that you are saying to the people of Grenada we are going to GDB and we are going to uh, young people, once you're below the age of 35, you can get a special rated loan to purchase shares in Grenadac. And you can then turn around and repay us on the basis of the dividends that we have. So he lets you own an, a, a bit of that company. And you're talking to our people like that? This is the vision that the National Democratic Congress is talking about. So it's not about only taking back the shares and who are the two persons in charge. What are we going to do with them from here? What is the role? We have built a capacity within Greenwich, as the letter from WRB stated. How are we going to leverage that capacity? Are we going to share the spoils of the interests to be transferred with the workers who have built and leveraged their skills over the years? Many of these workers have shares. Are you giving them a special opportunity to earn more shares? Are those who are new to the company to earn shares? These are the questions that need to be answered. But we can't answer them when you're not regarding us, when you're not involving us. And listen, this is what the National Democratic Congress is about, you know, empowering people. Are we talking to young professional people and saying, sisters and brothers, this is an opportunity for us to earn part of our own little yard, of our ground, of our territory, an investment in the future? Are you calling on the diaspora? The many professional people who are out there might just be looking for an investment in this COVID times. You have nothing to say to us, absolutely nothing. All that we can do is to draw Conclusions from what we're hearing from third parties. That is not right. That can't be right for, this, for us. We need to think ahead of this blossom. We need to give people opportunity. We need to be talking when we know that the people of Grenada has these shares. Because it's the people of Grenada shares. It's not Kit Mitchell and Gregory Bowie shares. It's not their shares. It's the people of Grenada shares. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being part of the program and uh, sure look forward to having you next week again. <music>